Hello, and welcome back to The Fire. My name is William Fritz, and thank you for tuning in to episode two. As nerve-wracking as this whole experience has been for me, I'm super appreciative to those who have given it a shot, and I hope you stick around and feel inspired as you enter a new day. If this is your first time, I'm glad that you're here and hope that you get something out of what you hear today. Please subscribe to the podcast on the platform you desire and feel free to visit the podcast website by clicking the link in the description where you can catch up on previous episodes and view the new platforms that carry this podcast. Also, follow us on Instagram at thefire underscore podcast and join our Facebook group where you'll be notified when new episodes and content are released. Well, now that housekeeping is out of the way, I'm excited about today's episode. We'll be focusing on the power in your name and how that power holds significance no matter what demographic you belong to and the importance of protecting it as best as you can. So once again, thanks for being here and we'll get into the episode right after this. As we enter the world, most of us are given names by our parents or guardians at birth, based on some level of significance. You could be named after a family member, like I was, or a close friend, a mentor, an idol, or some person, real or fiction, that has some significance to those who named you. Your name could also be a unique creation, unlike what many have seen or heard, purely based in creativity and innovation. You could also be donned a name that holds significant meaning. For example, the name William comes from Old German origin and means resolute protector or strong-willed warrior, and was first introduced to England by William the Conqueror, the country's first Norman monarch. Now, I didn't know any of this prior to looking this up for the podcast, but I do recall a family member of mine referring to me as William the Conqueror when I was younger, and I never knew what it meant. And while I feel my name was not based on this particular meaning, many people are given names based on specific meanings with the aim to bestow that characterization upon their child. If you happen to not like your name, you can also change it. Some change their names to better acclimate to different regions of the world, for religious beliefs, or sometimes if they just prefer to be called something else. But the main point is that what you respond to is the most basic identifier we have in our life. It heightens our senses when we read or hear it, and is one of the most essential components of personal pride and self-actualization. And that in itself is worth protecting at all costs. So what happens when someone addresses you by the incorrect name? Or when someone mispronounces your name? Is it a big deal? Is it something that is easily admissible? I would argue that it's not. What you respond to is a precious thing and should be protected as such. Your name is a key component of who you are and is one of the key ingredients that make up your pride. And how can we reach the levels we are striving towards if the pride in ourselves is lacking? It also has a lot to do with respect and requiring said respect from others especially when you are reciprocating. We've got to demand respect and correct the inaccuracies when others address us, 
even if it's accidental. I cannot tell you how many times this has happened to me within the workplace. Someone will call me Bill in an email or on a conference call, assuming that that popular nickname would be something that I'm comfortable with being addressed as. I try to politely correct them at every opportunity and become firmer if the error is repeated. Same thing with my last name and its pronunciation. It's not rude to correct people. In fact, you're doing yourself a disservice by not correcting them. Your name is a component of your identity and answering to something else can chip away at who you are. I was reminded of this recently when watching the HBO documentary, What's My Name? detailing the life and legacy of heavyweight boxing champion Muhammad Ali. Ali was one of the most influential and unique athletes who ever lived, and one of the first athletes to speak openly about social issues, religion, and other topics that can be polarizing to some. During the height of his boxing career, Ali became a Muslim and changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali. The latter name reflected his religious beliefs and what he chose to identify as when he entered this phase of his life. And although this change posed no harm to others, people who did not understand Ali's religious beliefs or objected to the new identity he made for himself continued to call him by his former name. The most recognizable example of this was a boxer named Ernie Terrell. In a well-documented pre-fight interview, Terrell repeatedly called Ali by his former name, Cassius Clay, angering Ali and leading him to ask Terrell why he continued to do so. Tempers rose and Ali proclaimed that he would make Terrell announce his true name in the center of the ring and that he would punish him for his actions. During the match, Ali made work of Terrell by swelling his eye, leaving him half blind, and could be heard yelling, what's my name, during the eighth round as he made his way to victory by decision. Driven by the anger that came from the lack of respect given to his name and his new identity. Ali had a sanctioned, violent medium to protect his name. We do not. And we should not use that course of action in similar situations. But protection comes in many forms. Sticking up for yourself requires no exemplary skill or athletic physique. It requires the same belief in yourself that has birthed your dreams and desires. When your dreams take off, and they will, you'll want to ensure that the impact you make is credited to you properly and that you are identified in a way that accurately reflects your uniqueness and singularity in this world. That is why what you respond to is so important. Have you ever taken a test or been asked the question, what comes to mind when you think of X? Or better yet, describe X in five words or less. Usually this is asked to get a person's true impression of someone else. While these may be simple questions, it often forces the responder to truthfully provide their thoughts, limiting ambiguity and establishing the responder's view on the particular person in question. Answers can vary. But in my experience, the responses typically reflect the actions or characterization of the person being described 
and these particular associations can be equally wonderful or damning depending on how someone is received. The easiest way to view this is through the scope of celebrity. People who are in the public eye by means of entertainment, business, athletics, or other means are usually characterized by what they do for a living, as well as how they conduct themselves in private. Their lives are heavily reported, and the associations celebrity brings are often used to influence the public, as well as drive income or important causes, whether it be for themselves or partnering companies. Let's take a look at three random actors as an example. Jared Padalecki is an American actor best known for his role in the television show Supernatural, which is North America's longest running sci-fi series in history, where he played a lead character for 15 seasons. Naturally, by being on television for such a long time, people associate his name with acting and the storylines related to his character. However, that depends on who you ask. When I was thinking about examples for this subject, Aaron mentioned Padalecki, and while I assumed she would begin referencing his image on screen, she immediately went into his commitment to mental health, of which I was unaware. So for her, his most notable association is tied to his efforts to support those struggling with depression. He has launched several campaigns since 2015 that support those struggling with depression, addiction, self-injury, and suicide. These causes are of great importance to him, and he's revealed publicly that he suffers from depression. I would argue that this particular association is more important than anything he's contributed as an actor. Then take actress Jennifer Gardner, who has seen success on the small screen and feature films. Her acting career has spanned across multiple genres, including action, drama, and family films. However, if you happen to come across her social media profiles, you will be hard-pressed to find much relating to her acting career. Instead, you'll find meditation sessions, cooking demonstrations, encouraging and inspirational videos, and other examples of her dedications to causes like childhood education and local farming. And who's not familiar with Dwayne Johnson, famously known as his wrestling moniker, The Rock? While Johnson publicly promotes a lot of his projects like films, TV shows, business ventures, and his tequila brand, you'll also find similar videos that show his commitment as a family man and a vessel of inspiration. He'll share his workout videos, encourages others to take time to treat themselves after a hard week, speaks on political causes, and often stresses the importance of family. Now, Nobody's perfect, and if you dig into each of them, you can probably find some missteps. But overall, each one of these individuals have their names associated with positive ventures, messages, and values that demonstrate a high level of character. Then there's the flip side. If I mention the name OJ Simpson, what do you think of? I'll let you provide your own answer on that. Which side would you want to be on? The main point is that the same logic should apply to our lives. You don't have to be widely known to have your name associated with high character, great work ethic, integrity, and other redeeming qualities. If we are to get anywhere in life, our names need to be associated with greatness or whatever the image it is that you want for yourself. 
You want your boss to know that when he or she assigns you something, there will be no doubt that it will be done correctly. Or if your name is on the schedule for the day, they can breathe easy even when issues arise because you are there to resolve the problem. This is something in particular that I've always taken pride in, from when I worked at an amusement park during the summers when I was a teenager, to now working with larger corporations. It makes me feel good knowing that when we're short-staffed, or if management is out of the office, that my superiors never feel the need to panic or alter their plans because of the faith they have in me to keep things running smoothly. The time and work that I put in was done to make sure that my name meant something. So when it's mentioned in any capacity, it's associated with high quality and positivity. I remember when I was younger that I used to go to my aunt's school every summer to help her set up her classroom before the school year started. My aunt had great relationships with other teachers and staff members, but she always seemed to have a close connection with the custodians. If you've ever watched someone in sanitation do their job, you'll understand quickly that it's much more than cleaning bathrooms and mopping floors. They are movers, plumbers, electricians, engineers, and essential to the operational fluidity of any establishment. That being said, like most jobs, it can be performed at a high or low level. And if you perform at a low level, it becomes noticed. There was one particular woman who worked at the school. Let's call her Mary. My aunt had known Mary for many years and had become friends with her. I had heard my aunt say over the course of years that she can always tell when Mary has been in her classroom because of the quality of work and the attention to detail. This one summer, there were some changes in staff and my aunt's classroom was being located to a different section of the school. When we arrived that morning, however, my aunt wasn't concerned where her class was located or who her new teammates were. Her first question was if Mary was still working at the school and if she was assigned to her section of the building that covered her classroom. Not solely because they were friends, but because Mary's name was synonymous with quality and professionalism. She knew that if Mary attended to her classroom, that she would be in the best position possible to serve her students that year. It provided a sense of security that she needed going into a year of change. Ultimately, that should be the goal. To carry ourselves in such a way that when our name is spoken, it is aligned with quality and substance, whether you're in sanitation or a celebrity. It's all the same and the names we make for ourselves now will be the framework of our dreams fulfilled. Lastly, let's touch on the idea of legacy. Once we transition from this world, what will your name mean to those who remain? What do you want your name to stand for? And what is it you will be passing on to those you impacted? Do you want the people you've come across to have been made better by your interactions? When you're asked these questions, it can feel like an insurmountable task. We aren't perfect individuals by any means, 
and trying to be so can lead to a life without truly knowing the meaning of it. All in all, it's about making sure that you live freely, learn from your mistakes, and continue to grow constantly, no matter what the age. It's not all about leaving behind material things. Your legacy should be what you stand for, your character, and the positive qualities that all people can take from you. I have a friend, someone I've known for over two decades. He is probably my earliest friend that I can remember. And although we were young, I knew instantly that he was a good person. On the outside, our pairing did not make the slightest of sense. He had siblings, I did not. He lived in a two-parent household, I did not. His parents worked in medicine, my mom was a teacher. And with this particular difference, our tax brackets were quite different as well, which reflected in the differences in our homes and our neighborhoods. Oh, and he is white and I am black. We couldn't be any more different demographically. But thank God for public school in this case, because I was able to meet someone who changed my outlook on life. At that point in my youth, my only association with other races was at school. My side of town, neighborhood, and extracurriculars were predominantly made up of black and brown kids that looked like me. It's natural to become biased based on what you see, especially if that's all you've ever been exposed to. But by making a friend whose upbringing was completely different than mine, I gained insight to things a lot of adults still fail to experience. Throughout the many sleepovers, birthday parties, afternoons at the pool, and bike rides, I was able to develop an understanding that we all have similarities if we embrace our opportunities to learn from each other. And I'm appreciative to his parents for allowing our friendship to blossom in the way that it did. Not too long ago, I received word that his father passed away. I knew how close he was with his father, and I can remember how his dad's involvement in his life was something I had never seen, especially not having my own experiences to compare to. I don't remember specific conversations that I had with his father, but I do remember that he was always in good spirits, always asked how I and my mother were doing, and told me that I was always welcome in their home. I even remember him checking on me when I broke my arm in the ninth grade because my doctor happened to work in the same office as he did. But it wasn't until his memorial service that I got to learn more of who he was and what he stood for. I heard tales of standing up for the disenfranchised, commitment and devotion to all individuals, patients or not. And as I now reflect on this and remember getting choked up listening to my friend eulogize his father, I knew this was what a legacy was meant to be. My friend, who I described as changing my outlook on life, is a byproduct of his father's legacy. Much like his family welcomed me years ago, his family attended my wedding and welcomed Aaron into our friendship. Much like his father was committed to serving others, my friend continues to be active in missionary work that has taken him all over the world. Much like his father checked in on me and my broken arm, my friend reached out to ensure my family was in good health throughout this pandemic. Oh, and my friend turned out to be a doctor, just like his dad. Here's my point in all of this. Your name lives beyond 
because it's based on what you pour into others. Positivity breeds positivity and vice versa. I can only hope that when my time is done, that people can say that I left them with something good that they can carry on into their lives. That they can look at something I did, a barrier I broke, or a journey I took and was able to draw encouragement and inspiration from it. As dream chasers, our journeys have the potential to become some of the greatest stories ever told. Let how you live your life be the story that ignites another. And that concludes today's episode of The Fire. I want to thank you all for listening. The goal is to do this twice a month. This episode was written and recorded by myself and produced by Aaron Fritz. Please follow the podcast on Instagram at thefire underscore podcast. Join our Facebook group. And remember to like, share, and subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. You can also visit the podcast website at anchor.fm forward slash the fire hyphen podcast to listen to all of our episodes and even leave a voice message. We've got a lot of exciting things planned and we're looking forward to delivering some great content with the aim of inspiring you to be your best self. With that being said, believe in yourself, be safe, and I'll talk to you all in a couple of weeks.